to the second baseman Cano. The Yankees are back on top. Oh, what a shot by Stanton. And the Yankees have taken the lead. Going back Sanders. On the track. At the wall. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Pinstripe Palace podcast. Today, episode eight. Not a lot going on in the major leagues right now. It's day a bunch four. of tumbleweeds. Yeah, day 14 of the lockout, but only 106 days until Yankees baseball is back. Hopefully. So, you know, <laughs> we're getting closer and closer. It, it, it's getting exciting. You know, once we get down to the 100 days, we're going to do a a post every day as like a countdown. Um, but obviously, you know, we're eager for baseball to get back. It's really boring. Yeah. That there's nothing could, going on really right now. But yeah, whoever's still, watching on video, they could see my user, they could see my name on here. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> and bored baseball fan for the audio people. And although there's not much going on, there's still a fucking ton to talk about, even though, you know, so much money was spent. In free agency right before the lockdown, there's still a ton of guys available, still a ton of guys on the trade market available, um, and a lot that's going on. You know, we haven't heard anything about the MLB and the players negotiating a lot, but there's still a, a lot of rumors about what both sides want in that deal to get a season underway. There's always going to be rumors, though. Of course, always. Um, but, you know, before we start, Chris, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Um, today was a pretty good day. Um, me and this guy, uh, his name is Ian. I don't know if you know who he is. He's uh, He has a podcast called Pinstripe Pals. Uh, we hung out together at uh, the bar today, day drinking. <laughs> That's what we did today. We opened, we exchanged gifts. I got him the hat he's wearing for the video people. Um, yeah, custom. This custom. Really cool, guys. It's, I posted on their story before. Got the Pinstripe Pals patch. The 96 World Series, Candy Cane UV. Candy Cane? You no. Know, that was a great. Sunset. Did, 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 did you just say Candy Cane? Yeah, it's Candy Cane colors. You mean Cotton Candy? Wow. <laughs> See, I'm, I, am, I am too much in the Christmas spirit right now. I'm, I'm so this excited. season to be jolly. La, la, yeah. la, 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 la. I'm so excited for Christmas. I'm. A big, yeah. yeah, I'm a big Christmas guy, so yeah, I like that. Yeah, I really me too. Hope, and it's gonna be upsetting when uh when there's no agreement between baseball, so that you know we won't be able to get uh anybody for a, Christmas. A good Christmas present, yeah. We, yeah. I'm not, I'm not. Correa isn't gonna sign my Christmas. Yeah, Brian Cashman said that uh, he's he'll probably Grinch. be sleeping on the street. Yeah, he's the Grinch, and you know he decided to just not do anything for christmas you know it's funny like as we grow older i start to realize that the grinch never hated christmas he just hated people and i was just like mood (laughs) (laughs) yeah mood big mood all right so pretty much guys um we're gonna go through you know some more free agents uh that we're interested in that's left yeah, let's um, see if these guys let's see if I know any of these guys' names so I don't have to sit here and just hear you ramble yeah. for the next 40 minutes. And then <laughs> go we're gonna go into some trade packages that I made as well. And 
then that's pretty much gonna wrap things up for this one. It's gonna be much shorter. No pun intended. Christmas season. Wow. Wow. That's great. Yeah, I didn't that's, think of that one. Mm-hmm. But I, I know you uh-huh. didn't. You don't think about anything except for when it comes to baseball. All right. Uh, so what do we got? All right. So the Yankees have obvious needs still. First base, shortstop, center field, catcher. Let me just stop pitcher. you. Let me let me just stop you there. Um, yes, we technically, for the sense of the word, need a first baseman. But Anthony Rizzo seems interested to come back to New York. Uh, he every all the signs are pointing to it. So let's say the Yankees just don't don't trade for Olsen. I guarantee you, we're going to be almost guaranteed to get Rizzo. Granted, for how much, I don't know, but we're going to be probably almost guaranteed to get him. So we necessarily don't quote unquote need, but we do quote unquote need a first baseman. So I feel like I just, I feel like I should just bring that up. And- I agree. And right now, we don't know what the asking price on Olsen was. All we know before the lockdown was that Oakland said the price was going to be high. Who knows what that's going to be like after the lockdown ends? depending on when that happens and how the pieces fall. But I still think that Rizzo is a solid option. He played very well in New York. He fit very well here. Great clubhouse guy. You know, he's won a championship. You know, he could be a really big piece to a team that, you know, could bring back a championship. And he's going to tie into another guy. Yeah, and we only got to see – yeah, we only got to see a partial season from him this year. So maybe a whole season in pinstripes will be have a different outcome in terms of stats when it comes to Rizzo. So hopefully it goes out better. Hopefully because now he's got used to having time in New York. He's got time under the big New York lights in Yankee Stadium and having the crowd behind him. Hopefully he'll actually play even better. So that's what I'm looking forward to if Rizzo gets re-signed. Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, he's left-handed too, so obviously that's – Good huge for the short for, That's huge for that stadium. You know, it could really inflate some of his numbers because um, he's definitely a pull hitter. Um, one guy that I wanted to bring up, which is cool that you actually brought uh, Rizzo into the equation right away, is going to be Chris Bryant. I don't think the Yankees should just go out there and sign Carlos Correa right away. Um Obviously, Hal Steinbrenner is waiting to see if the luxury tax goes down. Brian Cashman is waiting to hear from how how much money he's going to actually be able to spend. I don't think that with all the moves that the Yankees have to make, that they are going to be willing to give Carlos Correa $350 million. I think he's going to wind up going somewhere else, like maybe Philly or Oakland or back to Houston still. You know, they obviously they made him a lousy first offer, but I still think that yeah, they would Yeah, but do be... you think that if they offered him something lousy to or to start, do you really think they're going to go much higher than that? Maybe not, but it might be like a a lower amount of years, higher average annual value, something uh... like that. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe Brian Cashman pulls something out of his ass and we get correct. But... That would be fucking spectacular, and that's all I want for Christmas. Right? Shout out Mariah Carey. Right now, we know for sure that we have LeMahieu locked in a position, Glaber locked in a position, Geo still on the team, and as of right now, Luke Voigt is still on the team. 
So if the Yankees did not get anybody, that would be pretty much your defense. But we already know that Glaber Torres is said to not uh, play shortstop next year. He's going to be second base. Thank so God. my thinking is if the Yankees do re-sign Rizzo, why don't you bring Chris Bryant over? You reignite those two. You can A, either package Glaber Torres and Gio Urshela together in a trade, or you can package mm. G- or you could package Gio Urshela, Luke Voigt, and some prospects in a I'm, trade. I like that idea a little better. I do too. I, really- I do think that they really need a shortstop, but I could see Gio Urshela playing a serviceable shortstop. Um, he didn't play there a lot this year, but he did make some no. big plays. Yeah, definitely. Have... And I was there for the play yes. of the fucking year. Yes. <laughs> and even though that he didn't have the best offensive season, we know what he's capable of. You know, the 2019 season that he had when Andujar went down was unbelievable. And, you know, he just hit out of his mind. So I wouldn't be surprised if we got a second coming of Gio Urshela and he got back to that form. I think the whole entire team this year was up and down. Man, the second coming of Urshela, and if Rizzo gets, like, more better numbers this year, that's going to be a problem. More more better. (laughs) More better. Yeah, more better. Yeah, grammar police. Wow, more better. Wow. But Chris Bryant is a guy who, when he came into the league, he won the MVP and the Rookie of the Year. You know, he won the 2016 World Series with the Cubs. He was that franchise, and they just tore it away. They said, yeah, we're not going to pay any of you guys. You guys are too expensive for us now. Sounds a lot like a GM that I know. I mean, what? Yeah, it does. But (laughs) uh, I think Brian could be a guy where if you don't want to pay Carlos Correa the money, you have Gio Urshela locked up in arbitration. You got him for another couple of years, so slide him over the short. He can't do worse than Glaber Torres. Definitely not. No. You have you have him there. You have you have Oswald Peraza there in double A. He's probably gonna be ready at some point next year that you can try to get him up. Volpe's not gonna be ready for a year or two. But at least you have someone that you know can hit and field very well at that position. So I would give him a shot and I would take Chris Bryant at third. Because he's just such an impact bat. He hits to all parts of the field. He's an on-base machine. And he's very versatile. If someone gets hurt, he can almost slide into any position in the field. And then, you know, LeMahieu's kind of the, the lame duck unless Glaber Torres got traded. But I don't think the Yankees would be willing to give him up yet. No. No, so I, I don't feel think like so either. DJ would be one of those guys, again, like where if somebody needs a day off, you can get him in the lineup. or he could be your DH and you can kick Aaron Hicks out or kick Gallo out of New York and Stanton moves to the outfield with Judge and whoever's left. And then DJ becomes your everyday DH. And then, you know, when someone in the infield needs a day off, DJ can pretty much slide into the infield. And if someone needs off in the outfield, Chris Bryan can slide out there, DJ play the infield. And then say like if Judge, Stan Hicks or Gallon need a day off, they'll right. all be able to play as a DH. Right. 
I think that's the best move yeah. that the Yankees can make. That, I think that would be a fucking good move. I've never really ex- explored the possibility of that in depth like we just did. So now that we have, I'm looking at it like, hmm, could we not spend like a bunch of money on Korea yes. and still have and, a World Series team? And I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of compare his contract to that of, let's say, Marcus Simeon, or Freddie Freeman, who are looking for that six seven year range and you know Simeon got it Simeon got seven years 175 million I think the Yankees could get Chris Bryant on a deal like that I think the Yankees wouldn't want to necessarily go seven years but maybe a five or six year deal on Chris Bryant being that he's still very young would be pretty good you know, you give him that, you give him about one. I like the idea, Chris Bryant. And you know, that averages out to 30 million a year. You bring Rizzo back on a deal that's worth like 15 million a year for three years. And you know, you spend about 200 million dollars on two players, but yeah, that's that's, you, but way better than spending 350 probably on one. I mean, granted, that one right. player is definitely already proven, and we do need a, a, a shortstop like very badly who can actually play shortstop right. and we but, we need a shortstop now obviously we can't bank on Volpe and Peraza being those guys who are going to get 300 no, plus that's the 400 thing. million you really can't bank on prospects at this stage in their career anyway because it's like gambling literally gambling like you it could be it could turn out in your favor but a lot of times it'll and you've seen it a lot recently uh, throughout the league. Some prospects, you are like, they are amazing in minor league, triple A, double A. And then they come to the fucking league and then they blow chunks. So, it, it, and then again, I'd never liked the idea of Cashman like relying on all the prospects, but there's we've got some good ones this year, but I never liked the idea of banging on prospects because you never know what the future holds. Injuries. Yes. Like you, you never Correct. know. You, you never know. Just the one thing is, I think Correa could play a, a solid third base if he, same with Trevor's story, if that's the route that they want to go. And, you know, if they want to get a shortstop and not Chris Bryant. But if they want to just, you know, wait on these guys to hopefully bank out, why not just slide or shell there now? Keep him for the cheap option that he is, and he's going to provide you with some good stats. And go get yourself Chris Bryant because then you'll have him locked down for a couple years. You'll bring Rizzo back. They got the chemistry. You got Judge still. You can then go out and give Judge his extension. You know, you don't necessarily have to go get a center fielder. You know, Aaron Hicks isn't terrible. He just needs to be able to stay healthy. But you also got Gallo. You also got Stanton. Like, you have options for the outfield. You even got guys in the minors who are knocking on the door where if, if Hicks isn't producing or if he doesn't stay healthy, those guys just need to be able to get their chance. Yeah. You like, don't have to go out and spend bread on like Not bread a lot of people realize prospects. how versatile this team that we have currently is. Like, or could be. Yeah, definitely. I should rephrase that could be. But not a lot of people realize it. So we really only need like one good acquisition this offseason, maybe two, but we really only need really one who could 
make this whole team operate differently, like a flip a switch, and you could just finally figure out like fluidity on defense and being able to smack in a few hits and not just focus on blasting runs, which is going to be way easier now that Marcus Thames is not our hitting coach anymore. But yep. it, great, this team. Great is acquisition, for- you know, bringing up Dylan Lawson from the minor leagues for the to be the major league hitting coach. Best move the Yankees could have made. I mean, we could have signed Carlos Correa. That's that's yeah. another good move yeah. the Yankees could have made. But, but I mean, I mean, coaches wise, but yeah, that's, oh that's yeah, the best oh, move. that's the best yeah. move. You could the have the best move anyway was just firing Thames. I don't care who the fuck comes in as long as it's not that guy. Yeah. Um, and then the one position that I really do want to talk about again is the catcher. I don't want to talk long about this because we both don't think Gary Sanchez should be the catcher. But with the contract getting tendered and, you know, he's right now on the line to be the starting catcher, I did. And this is going to tie into the trades. I didn't see – this isn't a trade that I put together, um, but I did see this on uh, Twitter and TikTok from these guys. But it was a trade package for uh, Wilson Contreras. And the Yankees were going to give up Luis Medina – Clark Schmidt and Kyle Higashioka for Wilson Contreras. Okay. I'm, I'm assuming that with that move, Gary would still be on the roster as a backup. And then I guess Contreras would start. The only thing I don't like about that is how much Garrett Cole likes to use Higgy. But I think for mm. the, but I think, I think. For the amount of money that Garrett Cole is paid, he can find a way to, <laughs> definitely. to, throw, to throw to another guy. I think he'll be fine. Definitely, definitely. Because for Wilson Contreras, you know, it's more of the same. Like he's gonna he's gonna produce a 250 or so average, which is still better than Sanchez. About the same <laughs> home about the same home runs, you know, he's Still not great at the plate, you know, plate discipline-wise. He'll swing at a lot. But behind the plate, you know, he's got the arm like Sanchez, but he can actually fucking block the ball and not cost us nine runs in a game. Right. So I'm fine with that trade. I don't think it happens necessarily. But I no, think... I don't really see that happening either. But then again, I wouldn't be mad if it ended up actually happening. Yeah. And then one other guy that I want to – Hit on just before we go out is Michael Conforto. Mm. No one has heard anything from Michael Conforto. Yeah, again, tumbleweeds since, since September. No, no interest from any team. There was some interest in the Reds, like during the trade deadline. The Mets didn't want to trade him because at that time they were still in a playoff race. And then you know they messed it up just like they always do. Um, but oh, I think he, he could be a guy that the Yankees could take on a one- or two-year deal, give him, you know, 12 to 14 a year, and see how he does. You know, you can throw him into center field. And you know, here's Just hope my... for the best. If Aaron, Hick, if Aaron Hicks isn't going to be your guy, give him the chance. I'd rather them give Conforto a chance at the age of 29, then the Yankees saying, fuck it, we're going to bring back Gardner, and Gardner's going to play 
140 games again and hit. I, you literally just took the words out of my mouth. I was literally just gonna talk about rather having someone who's about 10 years younger than mm-hmm. having Gardner. But another thing is, I really don't know if Conforto is gonna want to leave the Mets now that the Mets have what they have in terms of pitching. He's because... not gonna come. They're not even. Gonna, they're not even talking to him. They don't want him back. Ah, uh, <laughs> well. Let's just say so they do awkward. end up sending him. Oh, he's going somewhere else. I don't know. He's a free agent, so he's not getting traded. He's just going somewhere no, else. Let's just, let's just say they do end up sending him another offer. Let's say the Mets send him, like, hey, like, you know, nobody's talking to you. Your well is really dry. Here's this. And now that they've got Scherzer and DeGrom, who could probably throw 300 strikeouts each this season, so giving that team a huge boost, really – they're contenders now. I think they're favored over the Yankees to win a pennant next year now. Um, if it was me, if I was going to afford it, I'd be like, yeah, I'll fucking stay. I want to see if I can win a World Series. It's, yeah, if the Mets if the Mets offered him a contract, being that he was there since he was 17 years old and came out of high school, he would 100% take that deal. I don't think he would really care how much money it is at this point, but I think – their relationship of him not getting a qualifying offer or declining the qualifying offer, whatever it was, I think that relationship between the Mets and him have soured where he's going to go somewhere. He's going to go somewhere else, but it's going to be on a small deal because he had such a bad 2021 season that he's going to have to reprove himself somewhere. And I think that's right. You know, the past couple of years, that's where the Yankees have gone to is, guys who are reclamation reclamation projects and guys who need to reprove themselves. And, you know, Conforto is one of those guys who needs to do that, but he's not an old guy. Like he's no. still only 29 years old. He's still got a lot of time left in this league. So that's an investment that I would be okay with the Yankees to make, especially if he's going to play 130 games in center field for us, because we probably know that Aaron Hicks is going to do, something stupid that's going to get him hurt again. A double ACL tear. There it is. Dive it for a ball and, the, and his knees just, just dislocate in the air. That doesn't even touch anything. This <laughs> is like, oh, oh, yes. no. <laughs> yes. And so since we're diving in to our next segment so we can, you know, get this done and over with, um, we're moving into the trades. We got four big names that are all rumored to be on the trade market. Some more than others right now. Um, We're going to get the biggest name out of the way right now. And this trade makes so much sense. And it hurts me to have to put this out there because (laughs) it's a trade that the Boston Red Sox are going to love. But they're going to get three years of control of Shane Bieber, who is a top five pitcher in baseball from the Guardians. Ah, oh, the Guardians now. It's going to be weird having to call the Indians the Guardians. It is. Oh, can I even but... say that anymore? No, you can. You're fine. <laughs> you're, you're good. You're good. We're not. Demonetized. <laughs> uh, but the real, the real big thing is, you know, Boston's getting three years of control of one of the best pitchers in baseball. The Indians are loaded with pitching otherwise, so them losing Shane Bieber hurts, but there's they still have so many 
good arms in that rotation. They'll be fine. They'll be all right. But the Guardians get Tristan Casas, Jaron Duran, Nick York, and Brian Bello, all from the Red Sox. The first three guys all being top five prospects in the organization. And then Brian Bello being their number six ranked prospect. Okay. But the, but the two big names that come out of this is Tristan Casas and Nick York. Um, I was kind of on the fence about Boston's top prospect, Marcelo Meyer. Uh, but he's only 19. He's in rookie ball. That's a long way from the major leagues. Like you don't, you can't bank on giving one of the best pitchers in baseball up for a guy who's not going to reach the majors for at least another three seasons. So yeah, that's, that's what I was saying before. So that's why I didn't add him into this trade. And that's why I went with Casas at number two. He's a first baseman in AAA. He's got crazy power, great combination of bat speed and strength. He uses the entire field, and he's a huge target at 6'5 at first base. Uh, he batted 279 this year with 394 on base percentage and a 484 slugging. Those are some pretty good numbers. Uh, the Indians would definitely like a guy like that to plug into their lineup. In uh, 2022, I keep saying the Indians, don't I? The Guardians, that's funny. Yeah, see, I can't get it. It's gonna it's gonna take a very long time for people to get used to, but he's gonna hey, plug... people got used to the Washington football team. So right, right. You know, uh Tristan Casas is gonna plug in great in that lineup. You know, being a left-handed bat in progressive field, nice and open space, he's gonna be able to do a lot of damage there, I think. Uh Jaron Duran's a guy who just, you know, once was Boston's top prospect, you know, kind of fell off a little bit you know, regrouped himself this year, had a decent season. Uh, He just doesn't have anywhere to fit out there in Boston. They're loaded with outfielders. There's nowhere to put him. As I said, that Boston team's already fucking nice the way they are. Yeah, so he's just an easy, like, hey, like, you guys can pretty much have him. The biggest guy in this package is Nick York. Again, used to be a top prospect. He used to be a shortstop. Uh, He got transitioned to second base after an injury, but this year he absolutely killed it at the plate. He's got that really like pretty swing with the leg kick. And, you know, he's got so much discipline at the plate. Like you're throwing him balls in the dirt. He's never going to chase. He had a three, he had a 325 average, a 412 on base percentage and a 516 slug. So for you to tell me that he was on base 41% of the time in this season, that's crazy. And he played about 114 games. He he was incredible. <laughs> but special appearances from from the dogs. <laughs> but Nick York, Tristan Casas are definitely the keys to that trade. I don't see why either team would say no. Boston's getting an absolute stud for three years. They need they need pitching. Every team in the AL East has the bats. It's who can get the best pitchers and stay on top because of their pitching. And if Boston is to get Shane Bieber, as much as I hate to say it, you're throwing him out there as your ace. And then you got him, Sale, Evaldi, one, two, mm. three. Uh, that's, that's don't only, speak it into existence, man. That's, that's, <laughs> that's just as scary as saying DeGrom and Scherzer 
or as saying, you know, Bueller, Kershaw, and, you know, Urias or Trevor Bauer, like whoever you want to plug in there for the Dodgers. That's how scary that rotation would be. And that's why I think the Boston Red Sox would be okay with losing these guys because of what they're getting for it. And yeah. they, know, they know what they're getting out of it. Yeah, that. but I, please don't speak it into existence. I would hate for that to happen. As a baseball fan, it would feel good because the Yankees, the last time that the Yankees have played uh, the Indians, they've clapped Shane Bieber. So, I mean, yeah. So that, you know, every, so every time, every maybe. time we get, every time we get a uh, get to the against the Indians, uh, oh, Shane, the Shane Guardians. Bieber, Shane Bieber is a good pitcher. I mean, in twenty twenty, in the shortened season, I know it was shortened, but I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal. His ERA was under two. He didn't lose a game the entire like regular season that they played. Um, he wound up losing to the Yankees in the wild card game that he pitched in that best of three series, but he's definitely one of the best pitchers in baseball. But moving on to number two, the second trade package is for another Cleveland guardian. And, you know, I think the Indians with the Indians, the guardians. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting to that. <laughs> the Indians having to change their name to the guardians. It's almost like building a new franchise. You have to retool and regather and start from scratch. You know you're going to lose fans over the name change because of how iconic that franchise was. So with that, you know you're going to lose revenue. You're going to lose in merchandise. You're going to lose in ticket sales, all that stuff, right? So you're going to have to expend players, and you're going to have to expend your good ones and get guys back that are going to cost less. So pretty much here is your third baseman, Jose Ramirez, is going to go to the Miami Marlins. They're going to get two years of Jose Ramirez. The Guardians are going to get both of Miami's top pitching prospects, Edward Cabrera and Max Meyer. And then they're also going to get Miami's uh, major league third baseman, Brian Anderson. Brian Anderson's Anderson's like a a plug-and-fill type of guy. Um, You can kind of, you know, slide guys around as you want because obviously you got that haul from Boston for getting Shane Bieber. So you might use Brian Anderson as a bench player. You might use him as a, a third baseman, but then you also got Ahmed Rosario, Andres Jimenez. You would have Nick York and you would have, um, who was the other guy from Boston that I just said? Yeah, who was? Dur- fuck, I Durant. You have Durant. Dur- so you got... Mm-hmm. You got options there in the field where Anderson might not be needed in that trade, but at least he would plug in someone at the major league level if you don't want to rush some of those guys into a starting position. I guarantee you Jaron Duran from the Boston trade, if he was sent to Cleveland, he would get immediately thrown into the outfield. Brian Anderson would probably start the year at third base, but somehow would probably lose his job to – uh, Jimenez or Rosario York would slide into second base at some point and then you got Tristan Casas over there at first then your starting rotation for the Indians or the Guardians would be you know Adam Savale Tristan McKenzie 
Edward Cabrera would probably stay in the minors for a little bit. Max Meyer would be up there, though. You got Zach, please, Zach. Like, you got a lot of young options there. And Max Meyer was absolutely lights out. Like, he is – Edward Cabrera is good. He's ranked higher in the prospect rankings than Meyer. But Meyer is, like, the guy where Cleveland would be, like, absolutely. Like, if Miami offered us Max Meyer, we're all ears. Six and four this year with a 2.27 ERA over 111 innings. He had a okay, hundred. Not bad. He had 130 strikeouts opposed to 42 walks. He has a wipeout slider that touches the low 90s. Fastball sits between 93 to 97. He has a third option with the changeup, and he attacks the strike zone very often. So he just pounds the strike zone repetitively. You know, he doesn't throw a ton of balls. He makes sure that he attacks hitters, gets ahead. And, you know, that's the biggest thing there is, you know, pitchers like that always go a long way. Yeah, you just got to – you got to love a pitcher who can just fucking att- yeah, you go gotta, out there and just pound the fucking zone. In, in this you got to love it. In this game, you know, in this day and age, you can't be afraid to attack the strike zone. You got – you know how good these hitters are and how much of the plate they can cover. You just got to be able to attack and, you know, hope that they miss it or let it go by. And then Edward Cabrera, his best weapon is his fastball. Sits between 94 to 97, but it does top out at 100 miles an hour. Uh, he also has a slider changeup combo. And then, you know, when he was younger in the minors, uh, he had some location issues, uh, but he has improved a lot more, throwing more strikes. Doesn't everybody, though, when they're in the coming up into the majors? Not everyone. It, it depends. There's always something, though. It's whether – it's location and control, or if it's a velo, there's always something to work on. You know, they always figure it out, though. All right. The third trade package, which for all our Yankee fans, you guys are probably going to be interested in this. So you guys are definitely going to want to listen to this and, you know, listen to the guys that we have and remember their names because this could honestly be a very likely possibility down the line this offseason. But like we said earlier, Luke Voigt doesn't have a spot on this team. He would go to the Brewers. The Yankees would get Victor Castaneda and Felix Valario. Castaneda being a right-handed pitcher in AAA. Valario being an infielder in the high A level. Castaneda is a guy who starts in the minor leagues. But they've said time and time again that he's probably going to be better as a middle reliever, which is something that the Yankees obviously love. They love having guys that can go in their fifth, sixth, seventh inning, pitch an inning, you know, and just absolutely dominate. Because the Yankees don't have as many starters that go deep into games, and we see that all the time. Castaneda is a guy who can plug in in one of those innings. He's not a hard thrower. His fastball sits only like – 92 to 94, but his stuff is really good. His changeup and splitter is gross. His command and location is very well. Um, so I think that if the Yankees were to look into this and look at, look at the Brewers as an option for Luke Voigt, saying that they've been interested, this is a guy that I would look at to be like, okay, like he's on this, he's on the doorstep. 
let Matt Blake work with him and see if Matt Blake can find another diamond in the rough. That would be pretty incredible, but I wouldn't hold it past Matt Blake, though. He's that dude's fucking genius. Yep. And then for uh, Felix Villario, it's funny because a couple of years ago, he was signed as an international free agent by the Mets, sent over to Milwaukee in a trade for Keon Broxton, which obviously did not work out for the Mets at all. Um, Nothing works out for the Mets, though. No, just like Max Scherzer might not work out. You know, they're going to Mets it up again. (laughs) I love that term. Velario Velario hit 290 this year. He had an on-base of 401, slugging up 468. Um, He's not a powerful hitter, but that's fine. The Yankees, you know, he's only in high A, so he's not going to be up in the Yankees, you know, major league system for quite some time. He's got a long time, but. The numbers that really stood out was 37 doubles in 114 games and then the 401 on base percentage. That's something that I look for in a guy. Chris, you would love him. He's 5'7". Fuck so you. You're you're actually you're actually <laughs> Fuck you. you're actually like an inch taller than him. So you can you can kind of look down on him. Kiss just my a ass. Bit. Dustin Poirier, one of the most badass men on the planet, is 5'9, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> and He's very aggressive on the base paths. Uh, 31 stolen bases in 2021. Way more than any Yankee player this year. Obviously, again, he's only in high A. So then again, like the the level that those players are at is on the lower side. Like, you know, he hasn't played against like any major league competition yet. But I think he could develop into one of those guys who could be uh, – a utility player where you could just plug him in. Um, they said he could play third, short, and second. So down the road, if the Yankees need a guy to be on the bench or a guy that you know can be moved around all different places, that's your guy. And then we got one more here. All right, more who t- is it? Matt Chapman. Not Matt Olson, but Matt Chapman from the Oakland A's. Yeah, we talk about we talk way too much about Matt Olson and right. Carlos Correa and, and no, story. So we wanna we wanna open our horizons a little bit, get some more baseball fans interested in our podcast. So that's why we're trying to bring in, you know, some other teams into this. Obviously, we're Yankee fans, but we're obviously wanna be able to, you know, hear from other fans and hear other perspectives. Yeah, and being a Yankee fan doesn't stop us from being baseball fans as Correct. well so just as long as interesting things are happening throughout the entire sport we're in we're on it 100 percent. and you know even though i'm a yankee fan you know when i started playing little league the first team i was on was actually the houston astros and you know my first uh my first favorite player was lance berkman so you know even though i'm a yankee fan through and through you know, I do have players that I enjoyed watching on other teams and players now that I enjoy watching on other teams. Oh, yeah, we all we all do, though. We all right. got it. But back to the trade package for Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman goes to the Mariners. The Mariners are in need of a third baseman. Obviously, we talked about Chris Bryant earlier. I want him on the Yankees. I think he would be a great fit if the Yankees go – on the route of re-signing Anthony Rizzo. 
So if that happens, Seattle loses him off the board. They go to Oakland. They get two years of Matt Chapman. They give up their number one prospect, Julio uh, Rodriguez, outfielder. The Mariners are loaded in the outfield, almost like how Boston is, same situation. Rodriguez is higher ranked than Duran. So I think that would be kind of like a the Mariners would probably have to like really think about that, but I don't think they'd be too upset losing him yeah. for a guy like Matt Chapman. And then they don't lose any of their other uh, top five prospects. They lose uh, their number nine guy, Levy Stout, and their number 11, Edwin Arroyo, who's only in rookie ball. He's a shortstop. J.P. Crawford is the shortstop of the future for the Seattle Mariners. So, really, they're not losing anything there. You know, but they keep Hancock. You know, they keep a couple really good uh, starting rotation options that are in the minors right now. And, you know, Seattle's a win-now team. Julio Rodriguez is probably not a part of that equation because Kyle Lewis and Mitch Hanniger and Jared Kelnick, they're all going to be starting over him. So why not just, you know, go get go get the position that you need at third base because Kyle Seager's not going to go back there and just, you know, figure out from there. You'll have Robbie Ray. You'll have Matt Chapman. You'll have a window now where it's like, all right, we can really compete with the Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers for this AOS title but also compete for a World Series because if you get Matt Chapman, that's franchise altering. That's something where down the road, if he gives you two MVP-type seasons, you can keep him because you, got Rob, because you got Robbie Ray for a good contract and because most of the guys that are on the Seattle Mariners right now are on such team-friendly deals that they could pay us – yeah, they could exactly. pay a guy like Chapman 200, 300 million if they have to. So you got any more, uh, any bonus packages probably floating around or no? Um, not yet. I do have other things in the work, but that's going to come on the next episode with the Jeopardy. Oh, uh, hell yeah. The last, the last thing that we want to talk about before we, uh, are done for tonight is, you know, the CBA uh, hasn't gone anywhere. Baseball has completely stopped negotiating. Tumbleweeds. We haven't okay. heard we haven't heard anything. Um, the one rumor that I did hear about a couple of days ago uh, was that owners are interested in having an international free agent draft, which personally I would love. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I love seeing when the Yankees or, you know, a big-name team get these international free agents. But I find it hard to just let those guys pick where they want to sign all the time. And it being like, oh, well, I'm not going to sign with a team that just lost 90 games. And being that there's so many guys from, you know, Japan and from Cuba and the DR and all over that – there could be a chance where, you know, all 30 teams could get a chance to snag somebody. Oh, um, obviously, yeah. you know, it's probably not going to impact 
Roderick Arias, who, you know, uh, follows our podcast. He's a 17-year-old uh, Dominican shortstop. Got some serious pop from the left-handed side, and the Yankees are favorite to sign him this January. But it might affect this other kid that the Yankees are interested from Cuba, Brandon Maya. Uh, he's a 16-year-old Cuban outfielder scheduled to be posted for the MLB during the offseason of 2023. Got to be 18 to get posted by the major leagues. But obviously, you know, I've seen some videos. This kid is an absolute stud. He's got a fucking cannon for an arm. And, I mean, the bat speed is unbelievable for a 16-year-old. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it makes me so jealous seeing all these, like, 17, 16-year-old kids who are out there playing, like, top-tier baseball. I'm just like, damn. Like, why couldn't I have gotten in on this? Like fuck, like they're gonna make banks. Think about think about it. Like let's you've known me since I was like what fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So imagine imagine when we had first met and I was out there fucking popping, fucking throwing. Yeah, four hundred foot. Imagine and then by the videos I was posting your attention. uh, at your 5'8", 190-pound frame, hitting 400-foot dingers. Hey, all right. Altuve is shorter than me, okay? And he's fucking <laughs> – he he's, yeah, and, he, and he's, he's doing it too. Yeah, I much I hate to say but, it. That guy's a stud. You know, he's, probably but, doing, he's probably doing it with a, a buzzer, you know, going like this yeah, all the, the time. So. Mm, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, like, when we first met, I was out there popping 430-foot dingers, and my videos caught the attention of, let's say, Hal Steinbrenner. Like – Imagine that. Imagine like I would. We wouldn't even have a podcast. We would. You would just be like sitting on the sidelines, just like talking to players because of me. You know. Yes. I I would have got you in, and I would have got you the hookup. You know, bringing this up too has forgotten about one player, but we did bring him up last time. So, I'm not gonna spend like a crazy amount of time on this, but because it is an international free agent, Saya Suzuki is still available. He was posted right before the lockdown unfortunately the lockdown happened but that's not going to stop teams from being able to contact him once they do figure out the cba agreement um the yankees were very high on him and supposedly that was like an under the radar move that they were looking to make i'm curious now after the fact that aaron hicks's time in the dominican league is over and he batted 279, but he had, like, a really slow start. If the Yankees are interested in getting Suzuki, if they get him, I don't think it would push Hicks out the door. It would probably make Hicks, like, a fourth outfielder, and then they wouldn't bring back Gardner. Or if they get him, it pushes a guy like Gallo out the door. Or if you don't push Gallo out the door – and this is where things get interesting. You don't push Gallo out the door, but you move Gallo to first base. Oh. Gallo's a huge target. You put him at first base, that obviously, I mean, he's a gold glove outfielder and he has a cannon of an arm. But if you put him at first base, that limits injuries. Or you could put Stanton there. Stanton, that would limit Stanton's injuries too, but he'd still play in the field. Right. One of those two guys at first base, if you don't get to bring Rizzo back, 
out or if you can't trade for Olsen or sign Freeman, whatever. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. But yeah, that's like that that is the last option. Obviously, I want one of those first basemen. But if it came down to where we got outbid for Rizzo and we got outbid for Freeman and we just didn't want to trade for Olsen because it just costs like way too much, that would have to be the option. You'd have to. That'd be the possibly the only option. Right, because Luke Voigt's not going to be here. They're going to trade Voigt before they find another first baseman, I think. Yeah, now Voigt's then, definitely getting traded. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. That's that's it. That's that's, that's my, really it. Wow. That's my final take, guys. Um, definitely want to shout out uh, Voice of the People A45 for winning our free ticket giveaway last night. Um, thank you guys for everybody. Give him a follow on Instagram. Literally, no cat, no underscores, no periods, anything. Just Voice of the People A45. Cool dude. Glad he won those tickets because he's got a son who's got a huge, huge fandom of the Yankees. Suppose according to him. Uh, it would be awesome. For, I don't know if he's been to games before with his. I don't know if the kid's been to games before. I don't know how old the kid is. I just know that, that he's got a son who's a huge Yankee fan. So congrats to him. He, I wouldn't have picked anybody else to win it. it. And he joined our live. Literally, it's funny. He joined at literally the last second, like like the last possible second he joined. And then we added him to the wheel. He spun and then we're like, oh, my God, he's actually going to get it. And he ended up winning it. And it was, it was cool. It was very, very cool. You know, that was fun because, you know, uh, we hit a hundred followers on Instagram and, you know, uh, one of our friends and Diaz, if you guys follow him, uh, neighborhood, at plug, neighborhood plug with two O's in the word neighbor, you know, he, he neighborhood he's, plug. He's, he's, he's a, if you need a, shoes, go hit him up. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's the plug. He's, he's a big fan of this podcast too. And, you know, we hope we get to do, uh, some things with him in the future once we start, you know, dropping some merch and stuff like that. But, you know, he definitely helped us out with the live last night, got us a little, you know, pick me up. And, you know, we wound up getting another 15 followers based off of that live. We sit at 115 followers. If you guys haven't checked us out on the Sportswave YouTube, you can find us on there with all our videos. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Really, make sure, you, make sure really to follow anywhere. us on all of our socials at pinstripe.pals on basically everything. Um, Literally everything. And, we, have a, we have a TikTok too. So, now yeah, is it on the TikTok? Is it underscore or is it a dot? No, it's a, it's a dot. Okay, bet. So, pinstripe.pals on basically everything. So, make sure you go give a follow, go show some love. We mean, mean a lot. It goes a long way. Believe me, it doesn't seem like much, but definitely does. So, and, we want to keep doing. We want to keep doing raffles and giveaways. You know. Oh yeah, the raffles, the giveaways you've been doing have been absolutely awesome. amazing. They've been a yes. blast. They've been awesome, and it's crazy to think that, you know, we're eight episodes in now. We're already over two and a half months in on this, and we're having the time of our lives. And you know, we're just doing this for fun. And you know, we got yeah, a lot of like this. Just started. I was like, oh, let's do this shit for fun. Fucking yeah, see where it goes. And, it's it's been a blast, you know, having you know my bud here with me, and you know this is just something that you know has been a goal of mine. Is like I want to work in baseball, and I want to be able to do this, and to have you know one of my best friends by my side, and be able to have more of my friends come on as guests, and you know 
do you know the jeopardy show that we're going to do next week as a christmas special and do the raffles and you know get people the chance to get free tickets and merch and you know all that stuff it's just so much fun to you know bring a smile to people's faces especially with everything that had happened in 2020 and you know just be able to uh give a light you know like shine a light on people and be like hey like you know we're here we want to talk baseball obviously we're yankee fans but you know today we brought in you know our biggest rival we brought in the red sox and brought in you know the guardians and the mariners and And you know all those teams we want to connect with all baseball fans around the world whether you're a yankees fan or not and we just want to be open for discussion and you know have a good time and you know be able to connect with people very soon uh we're going to have a voicemail set up. Uh, we're going to have a number that you can leave a voicemail at. Uh, and we're going to bring them on the show. We're going to have talking points and we're going to post them up the day before with the number. Like, Hey, X, Y, Z, what are your thoughts on this? Can you sound off on this? We're going to have a voice that that is going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to that. And obviously we are banking on the season starting on time. Yeah, I as hope long, so. As long as the season starts March 31st, we shall start the voicemails the latest by then. But we are hoping to get that up by spring training for you guys because we want to be able to get in touch with more of our fans. But again, you know, this is great. Uh, we can't wait to see you guys next week for the Jeopardy show. We got a lot of things that we're looking forward to on that show with some, you know, some familiar guests, some new guests. And yeah, you know, we got a lot more to come. You know, this is going to be a long winter as we, you know, kind of just wait out the lockout. But again, only 106 days until Yankees baseball fully is back into swing. So I'm excited. And I know, I know Chris is excited. Oh yeah, I'm thrilled. <laughs> no, I really am excited though. Because this will uh, be like, a lot. A lot of people really know this. This is like my first season, like actually being a baseball fan, like and taking it like super serious. So this next season, I'm looking forward to a lot. I'm gonna. I went to five Yankee games this season. Uh, this the 2022, 2023 season. 2021. Whatever you know what I meant. <laughs> Everyone knows what I'm talking about. We're, 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 I'm planning to hit a lot more. So, yeah. And, you know, Chris has always been a Yankee fan, but he has very much broadened his horizons through this two and a half months to really, oh, yeah, up, definitely. really to up his knowledge. Hell, about even just talking about fucking baseball. And, I, yeah. My, the first love of sports I ever had was basketball. And I'm, I may or may not start a basketball podcast for anyone interested. So we'll, I'll leave a link to that at some point. If that ever happens, maybe I'll have my boy Ian come on a few times. So I'm definitely want to start with that. I definitely want to start that up. That'll be so much fun, but even just going to baseball, like is I'm broadening my horizons here. So that's just how it goes to show you just how sports really can bring people together and really start friendships strengthen friendships bring everybody bond everybody going to games together you know having the time of your lives getting plastered screaming when judge hits a home run which i still haven't seen yet in person so i finally have took long yeah enough. yeah it yeah, only, it only must took, be nice it only you took saw fucking years. two of them in one game yes and it only took four years 
But again, guys, before we get off the air, make sure that you guys do follow us on all our platforms at the pinstripe.pals. You know, subscribe to our YouTube, subscribe to the Sports Wave YouTube for our videos, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, anywhere that you guys listen to those podcasts. And, you know, we thank you guys all for the support. We love you guys. Let's go Yankees. And we will see you guys next week. All right. In the name of Judge Stanton and Carlos Correa, I'm out of here. Amen. Amen. Later, guys.